glory to Jesus. This afternoon, I'm feeling like how John the Baptist was feeling at the baptism of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but the Lord has fallen on me to bring the word of God, and I salute our August sisters, the apostle and his entourage. God bless you. And I believe that the Lord is here to bless us all. So let us be open to the Holy Spirit and he will impart on us. Amen. Shall we bow for prayer? Our Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. We are happy to be in your presence because in your presence there are pleasures evermore. Lord, we pray that as we sit to hear your voice, the voice of the word of God, we sit under the canopy of your grace. Let none of us leave this place the same. Let your grace impact upon every life and upon everyone who is listening to your word. Even from a distance online, and those who are here in person. Brood over us, O God, and let your name be glorified in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time. So, uh, last week, we were looking at the testimony of the gospel in my life. And um, it was such a blessing to know that we should not give up the testimony of the gospel in our lives. We should not give up our integrity, even though we lose things that are precious to us. And we're looking at the man Job and how so rich he was, but he was a man who feared God. When he lost everything, he still held on to his integrity. And God restored him. In the midweek service, we also looked at the vessel, becoming the vessel that God can work through, that the Holy Spirit works through clean vessels. So we ought to get away from things that will contaminate and corrupt us so that we can be that vessel that God works through. We are pressing further into this matter and considering the issue of grace. Hallelujah. And the title this morning is, Do Not Set Aside the Grace of God. Do not set aside the grace of God. We will take our scripture readings. The first one from Hebrews chapter 12 verse 25 to 29, and the second from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. And I read, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth? Much more, Shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth? But now he has promised, 
saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of things, of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Hallelujah. Verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Now we go to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in, this, in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, as we look forward to our blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're living in these times where everything is shaking, we need to have grace. We cannot put aside the grace of God. We need the grace of God to be able to fulfill our vision. Even as a church, we say that our vision is knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus, and preparing to be with Jesus. If without the grace of God, we cannot make it. So for this to be a reality in our lives, we need the grace of God. Because the grace of God is that which brought us even into the family of God to begin with. And it is this same grace that will see us through. The grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and to live righteous and godly lives. To live soberly in this present age, which is a sinful and um, adulterous generation. In this age where the love of many has grown cold, we need the grace of God. We cannot set aside the grace of God if we must meet the Lord at his appearing and not be and not be ashamed. So we are reminding ourselves that no matter what happens, do not set aside the grace of God. And as I was studying, I realized that God has made a promise. And it is a promise of a shaking. And from all indications, when we look at things happening around us, it looks as if God is already fulfilling this promise. He is not only going to shake the earth. He is shaking, shaking the heavens as well. So we see that different things are shaking. Nations are shaking. Um, economies are shaking. Things that we see, things that we do not see, that is the promise. He says that he will shake the heavens and the, uh, the sea and the dry land. When we, we look at um, Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, we will see this promise there. 
And the writer of Hebrews is telling us that, yes, this is what God promised. But the good news is that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Everything will shake. Everything shakeable will shake and be removed. But the kingdom of God will not be shaken. Hallelujah. And therefore, I believe that we are receiving instruction through the word of God to hold on to that which is eternal and let go of the things which are temporary. So, as I keep saying and I mentioned in the first service, if you, you have some money and you want to invest in a building, a property, and you go and see that they have put a, that mark on it, that red sign on it, X on it, and that, you know, sometimes they do it and they put one arrow there. You know, so that tells us that thing is pending for demolition. And no matter how nice that property looks and how much you fell in love with it, I believe that um, no one in their right senses would in, invest in something that is about to be demolished and removed. Hallelujah. So, God has made a promise and he says that he is not only going to shake the earth, he is going to shake the heavens too. So those who say, oh, the earth is some way, so we have all the money, we are even going to mass. That's where we will now go and settle, you know, and all that. He says he will shake the heaven, oh. So we must focus on holding on to the eternal things. Because whether they are thrones, principalities, powers, nations, things visible and invisible. Everything shakeable is going to be shaken. The only thing that will remain is the eternal kingdom of God. And he says that, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Amen. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. Hallelujah. So, God has made a way for us to survive in these turbulent times. For our anchor to hold in these turbulent times, we need the grace of God. And when we talk about the grace of God, I believe that you and I should understand that um, the grace of God is not the recitation, it's not just the recitation that we say after every meeting in a hurry and rush to our homes. The grace of God is, is powerful. Hallelujah. The grace of God is powerful. We cannot take it for granted. Um, if we take the grace of God for granted, we are in trouble. And so that's why we are being reminded this morning into the afternoon not to set aside the grace of God because this same grace that has brought us in is, is the multifaceted um, the, the, the Bible says the manifold grace of God you know it's in many shapes and many um, folds, many colors 
technicalists. That is how the grace is. It ministers to us in, in, in all aspects of our lives. Hallelujah. So when God, by his grace, brings us into the kingdom of God, we didn't come into the kingdom because we were good. It is the grace of God that found, located us and his mercy and he brought us in. And when we come in, we need to continue in the same grace. We can't put the grace of God aside and go after our traditions and, you know, different things that we lean on to be able to make it. If we do that, we will not make it at all. So we need to hold on to the grace of God. The grace of God is is God's divine endowment for all his children so that at the end of the day we will make a difference in this world and God will use us, he will work through us and manifest his glory in the earth because his people are here on the earth and his grace, the spirit of his grace is working through us the grace of God is the power of God that enables us to be to be distinct and extraordinary and to make a difference in our generation hallelujah we need the grace of God and for every child of God who comes into the kingdom God gives grace amen Bible says in Ephesians 4 7 but but to each one he but to each one of us grace was given hallelujah to each one of us grace was given if not for the grace of God none of us can say that we are children of God well there are many people who say I'm a child of God but they have no relationship with the Lord um, they are just saying that they are not real children of because God's children he has deposited his grace in us it's not visible but he has sealed us and he knows those who are his he says knows those who are his so he has given each one of us grace and I noticed that as this grace has been apportioned to each and every child of God God increases grace for those who are humble because he says that he gives more grace to the humble he gives more grace to the humble. So those who will not set aside the grace of God, but humble, if we humble ourselves and we see our need for God and his help, he will give us more grace to be able to stand and our anchor will hold in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. So he, God, God re- resists the proud. He opposes the proud. Those who think Yes, they are on their own and they, they, they have figured out how to get around. Um, they, they, they are not entitled to any grace. Actually, they are, they are op- God is opposing them. And we cannot, <laughs> we cannot afford for God to oppose us. If God opposes you, <clears throat> I can't begin to talk about that. That is another chapter on its own. But let us humble ourselves so that we will receive more grace. Hallelujah. Because God gives more grace. Amen. So when he gives the allocation of the grace at your 
new birth and you enter into the kingdom, there is more for you. Hallelujah. Don't be satisfied at that one and say, oh, okay, now I'm born again. I attend this church and so on and so forth. I pay my tithe. I do this. There's more for you. Hallelujah. And God gives more grace. Amen. And this grace is also multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ according to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2 it says grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and of Jesus our Lord amen so i realized that okay so this is the reason why the apostle paul really excelled because um he did not set aside the grace of God. The things that he set aside, rather, were the things that were so dear to him. His nationality, his um, religion, and all that he has learned, you know, and everything that he could boast of. His tradition, a, a, a true Jew, circumcised on the eighth day. I mean, he was very proud of all these things. But when the grace of God jammed him, he said, oh, these things were dear to me, but now I'm counting all of them as nothing for the uh, excellency, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Hallelujah. So he was able to assess and see that to have the grace of God comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, I, so knowing Jesus surpassing surpasses everything so I'm going to put all these things that I, I count so dear put them aside and rather pursue this one thing the knowledge of Jesus hallelujah and by so doing grace was multiplied to him so we all, all say that the Paul who was the late comer was even greater than his predecessors and he, he said that by the grace of God, I am what I am. And the grace towards me, and his grace towards me was not in vain. Hallelujah. In one place, he told us that we should not receive the grace of God in vain. Amen. We should not receive the grace of God in vain. We shouldn't just put the grace aside and be living um, according to the dictates of our own desires and according to how the wind is blowing the world. When we do that, then it means that we have received the grace given to us. We have made it in vain. Because that grace that God has given to us is to make us extraordinary. It's to make a difference between God's people and the world. Hallelujah. Because we are of a different kingdom. The unshakable kingdom. Hallelujah. So, he says that his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Hallelujah. So we cannot do things with our own strength. It is the grace of God that will help us to stand in this adulterous and sinful generation. The grace will, will teach us. In fact, the grace of God, when we receive the grace of God, we will lose all appetite for um, worldly things will be dead to the world 
and the world itself too will be dead to us. And, and we need this grace to stand. The grace of God will help us to overcome the opposing forces of this world because there is a battle going on. And for us to be victorious, we need God's grace. We need the grace of God to survive, to, to survive the shaking as he has promised that there is a shaking and we have already seen that there is a shaking. We know that things are not the same at all. Things are very different. In fact, things that people could, could depend on and rely on are now fast becoming a bottomless pit ready to swallow. And so this is the time to stretch forth our hands and say, Lord, grant me grace. God, help me to hold on to your grace. In these challenging times, it is the grace that will carry us through. Grace is what we need. Grace is the currency that we need. Amen. And so, we must actually not be content with where we are, but we must pursue to know God and to know Jesus in a very, very personal way because that is the way by which the grace is increased and also multiplied unto us. Hallelujah. So, we see that the Apostle Paul, he was the latecomer who actually excelled. And there's one thing also that we see that excuse me, yeah. If we deny the grace of God, we are actually in, in trouble. Uh, our end is, is, danger, is, is a dangerous end for anyone who denies the grace of God. And I pray that we will come to this awareness that God God wants to use our lives as a showcase, as he was using the life of Job as a showcase. And we can be what God wants us to be if only we will hold on to the grace of God. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29, I want to share something briefly here um, so that we will see the importance of not overlooking or setting aside the grace of God. Hebrews 10:29. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he Will be give, will he will he be will, will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace. So even when we were not in the dispensation where they were under the law, those who were disobedient and neglected God's salvation were punished. And he's saying that what more punish, what, um, how much worse, the worst punishment 
will come to those who have trampled the Son of God underfoot. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, underfoot. And also counted the blood of the covenant by which we were sanctified. Jesus came to give his life for us so that we will live. There was an exchange and we cannot take that for granted. And that's why every time when we are coming to communion, we prepare ourselves. We are remembering what Jesus has done. We are not taking it for granted at all. We are not trampling it underfoot. And when he shed his blood, it is the blood that reconciled us to God. It is the blood that purchased us from the slave market where the enemy was controlling our lives and had made a mess of our lives. It's the blood of Jesus that was used to, to, to buy us in. On Wednesday, we were looking at that, that we are not bought with silver or gold. We were bought with the incorruptible, the blood of the lamb without blemish. This blood has sanctified us. And we cannot look at it as a common thing. And if we do that, and we live anyhow, and our lives are still the same as we were before in the world, or maybe even worse, then it means that we are insulting the spirit of grace. So we... we we have to really, really turn back to God's grace. There are many things happening around us that can easily make us overlook the grace of God and set it aside. You know, to the point that sometimes even some children of God will say, oh, this one, let's put Christianity aside. Let's put the Bible aside and face, this, face the reality. So which one is the reality? Your reality is going to be demolished too. They have put a red mark on it. It is a shakeable thing. The only thing that remains is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And that is what he is ready to give to us. If only we will not set aside the grace of God. If only we will pursue the knowledge of God so that we will have abundant grace to, to serve him acceptably. We cannot depend on anything else. Jonah was saying in chapter 2, verse 8, he said that those who regard worthless idols forsake their mercy. If we put our eyes on other things and uh, we think that that is where we have help, that is where we have security, then we are forsaking our mercy. And God forbid that after hearing his word, we will fall under such a category. May the Lord grant us grace to escape. Amen. So, when we humble ourselves before the Lord, He gives us grace. When we seek to know the Lord in a progressive manner, no turning back, grace is multiplied also unto us then we are not like that servant who um, Jesus was talking about. 
um, these people in Luke chapter 19. The nobleman, he was traveling to a far country to receive a kingdom and come and to return. And he called his servants and gave them um, some minas, ten minas, to, to occupy until he comes. Amen. We have received the currency of the kingdom to do business, kingdom business until he comes. Amen. Now these, we, we receive the report of these, three of these servants. Now, the first one did well and he got profit and he was congratulated and said, okay, you got a profit of um, uh, 10. So, 10 minutes. So, come and have authority over 10 cities. He was applauded. The other one too came and he said, oh, I have profit of five. He said, oh, very good. So you come and also be lord over, over five cities. Then the other one, when he came, what did he do with the grace of God that was given to him? He wrapped it in a handkerchief. And then he brought it to his master and said, well, um, all the while I was waiting for you to return because I know the type of master you are. So me, as soon as you gave me this to me, I was afraid. So I hid it somewhere in this napkin and I've come. So here you are with your money. Uh, take it. What did the master do? He, he collected this man's um, talent and he gave it to the one who had more. And he said, and they were saying, oh, master, but this one, he's the one who has most. Why are you uh, giving him more? He said, okay. So this is the principle. The one who has, to the one who has, more will be added. To the one who does not have, the little that he has will be taken away from him and given to the one who has. Think about that. What talent have you been given? What gift have you been given to work in the kingdom? What ability, capability has God given to you? What opportunity has God given to you? What has he, what has he given to me? Are we doing business for the kingdom or we are minding our own business. So, we are to occupy till he comes with all the abilities that he has given to us. We shouldn't be like this one who was so wicked and disrespectful to his master. And he suffered loss. We should not be like that. We have to ask ourselves, really, really, really. Because God has given each and every one of us grace. Amen. There is no graceless child of God. So, the one that you have, which you think is insignificant, you don't know the impact that God intends to, uh, for you to make with that one, which you are despising. So, let us be faithful even with the little that we have been asked to do. Amen. So, we cannot be like that one. Now, 
we see that there's another way by which we can obtain the grace of God. And he has told us in his word to come boldly to the throne, the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Hebrews 4 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. So, it is our privilege and our right as children of God to come to the throne of grace. That is where we can collect grace from. Hallelujah. Uh, if we sit somewhere and we talk, uh, and we complain, uh, and we insult the government, uh, and we do all kinds of things, um, there is no grace to receive there. The grace is received at the throne of grace. Amen. That is where we obtain mercy. And Jonah was saying that if you depend on worthless idols, you have forsaken your mercy. But at the throne of grace, we also obtain mercy. And we find grace to help in time of need. We are in times of great need. Hallelujah. Great need. If we want to begin to table our needs, there will be one logo logo line here. Won't close. We'll just be, you know, telling about all that we need. But there is grace to help us in, in time of need. The Lord is ready to meet you at your point of need. Hallelujah. So, do not throw in the towel. I realize that the Apostle Paul, because he embraced the grace of God, at a time when he even had good reason to throw in the towel, he didn't. It was the same grace. Hallelujah. Because he said that there was a thorn in his flesh. For which he prayed to God three times. And God told him that my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. So, um, at our weakest point, that is where the grace of God will come and manifest the power of God. That's where the grace of God can display what God can do through earthen vessels. Amen. So he was saying at a point that hmm, this power, we are carrying these treasures, we are carrying it in earthen vessels. And he was beginning to say all the things that he was going through. But because of the grace of God, he finished well. He was not crushed. Hallelujah. So the grace of God is that which will even carry us through when we do not have the means of doing what God wants us to do. It's the grace that will help us to do what God wants us to do, to accomplish God's, uh, our God-given mission. So at the end of the day, he who had a thorn in his flesh was able to say that I have fought a good fight and I have finished my course. Hallelujah. It is the grace of God. Amen. And he said it himself that it is not I but the grace of God which was with me. Let us desire 
that on a daily basis, we will go to the throne of grace for our allocation of the grace for the day. Amen. And I believe that in doing so, we will be extraordinary. There will be a difference when everybody is, everything else is shaking. We have an anchor that is keeping us and we will be different. Amen. When Moses, God gave him a task that, look, carry these people. He also, even in the Old Testament, could acknowledge his need for the grace of God. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 12 and 13, he said, Eris, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. Hallelujah. And consider that this nation is your people. Amen. So have you seen here that even... In the Old Testament, Moses realized that um, the fact that he had found grace, God said, you have found grace in my sight, so come and let me send you with these people. That's not end there. God, he, he, he understood that um, it would not take his own strength. In fact, he himself cried. He was saying that he had no mouth to speak um, and all of that. Uh, the excuses that he, he felt that he didn't qualify at all. In fact, he felt like a worm. He couldn't go and stand before Pharaoh. Hey, what am I going to say to Pharaoh? And now God, God actually helped him to excel. Now he's bringing the people to their, to, into their inheritance. He's bringing the people into their inheritance. And he's telling God that, well... Um, I need grace. If you have found grace with me, then um, show me your way so that I will know you. You see, even Moses knew that grace is released through the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So he prayed that show me now your way that I may know you. Hallelujah. And find grace in your sight. Amen. I may know you and find grace in your sight. Because these people that I'm taking, they are your own people. The work that God has given to us is his own work. And we need his grace to be able to do it. That is why the writer of Hebrew was saying that we should have grace by which we will serve God acceptably. Hallelujah. Because God he is a consuming fire. So, we want to look at all of this and cry out to God. Look at where we stand now in our work with God. And look at the dispensation in which we live. And the promise of God 
Christians sure that everything shakeable will be shaken. What are we to do now? We have to run to the throne of grace. So we want to bow for prayer and cry out to the Lord and come to the throne of grace. We want to obtain the mercy of God. This is the time to talk to God concerning your own life. Maybe you are yet to even have a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you go to church all right, but nothing has changed in your life since the time you were born into the church. There has been no turning point in your life where you say that, oh, at this particular time, I met Jesus and I gave my life to him and now I belong to him. This morning, God is telling you that I know you by name. You also, I know you by name. He's telling each and every single one of us here that I know you by name. I know your status now. When it comes to the kingdom of God, I know you. And you have found grace in my sight. Each and every one of us here, under the sound of my voice, if we have heard the word of God today, let it be known to you that you have found grace in the sight of the Lord. This is the time to stretch your hand and say, Lord, take my life. Take all that I have. I give it all up to you, O God. Like how the Apostle Paul, in his dispensation, he gave all those things up for the surpassing worth of knowing you. I want to know you too. Maybe you are in the kingdom. You've had a relationship with the Lord many, many years now. But your grace, the grace that was given to you is in one handkerchief somewhere. You are buried it somewhere. You know it. Maybe in your family activities, in your career, wherever you have buried it, you wrapped it in a handkerchief. You have not even brought it to bear in your sphere of influence. God is telling you that I gave you that privilege, that opportunity for the reason that you will make a difference. For the reason that you will touch lives in that place that I have, your duty post that I have posted you to. Let us rededicate ourselves to the Lord. Let us renew our commitment to Him. Seeing that what we depended on is a shakeable thing that is already shaking to the point of tumbling down. Yes, Lord. We need your grace. We see our need of you. We have great need 
of your grace in these turbulent times. Yes, Lord. You have promised and you are keeping your promise. Everything else is shaking around us. Kings and kingdoms, they pass away. But your kingdom is unshakable. Help us today. Help us, Lord. Let your grace impact upon our lives. Your manifold grace that will be able to serve you acceptably. And at the end of the day, when you return, you will give us more kingdoms to have dominion over them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.